Um, well, we went on a trip. We'd been gone, and now we're back. And we had our plans for the trip, and the Lord had his plans for the trip. And he normally gets his way, and I'm happy with that. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever we go anywhere, usually the highlight of any trip is when you know God has given you an encounter with somebody or somebody's, and so you, you know, you come away from situations like that where there was ministry that took place, and you have. You feel edified, you feel fulfilled, and you feel accomplished. Uh, you did what you were supposed to do. And uh, most generally, that often takes place. We were many days into this journey, and, and we were busy working, helping, and we were tired. <laughs> but uh, in the last day... Um, my wife had already got on a plane and flew off, and I was going to fly out that afternoon. And I was uh, up early and packing my things and getting ready and kind of waiting on the Lord and talking to him about and listening to him about the scenario that had taken place. And here there was only hours left, and I hadn't had any of those in really encounters. I mean, there was a time I shared testimony and things like this, but it just hadn't taken place, didn't seem like. My stepmother is married to a, a man. My father passed away 10 years ago. She remarried and uh, to a, an older gentleman by the name of Ernest. Ernest is a very interesting man. He and his first wife have had a child was he diagnosed autistic, or what was the, remember the diagnosis? There was a lot of things the young man dealt with, could not care for himself, and he's about my age, right? His father, this Ernest, and his first wife had cared for this young man from a child into his 60s. I'd never seen anything like it. He, he talked with him as gentle as talking with a child. Come on, son. It's time to get up and go to bed, 60-year-old man. Come on, son. Now, Ernest is 90. Come on, let me help you, you know. And then there was a bus that would come and take him to activities, and he'd say, uh, you got your lunch? Got your lunch pail? Here, on the counter, let me get it for you. Come on. Come on, son, I'll walk you out to the bus. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Ernest is a full bird colonel in the Air Force. So in the natural elements, he has been elevated in his military career to colonel. Now, he had since retired, but you take your rank with you. And so he retired as a colonel, and he's now 90. Now, most people, when you say, oh, he's 90, you think, 
resting home, bed, spittoon on the nightstand, you know. <laughs> uh, Ernest is nothing like that. Matter of fact, I was unloading tables and chairs out of the back of pickups, and he was helping me. 90 years old. That was amazing to me. Anyway, um, he had told me that, you know, he went to the Church of Christ as a young boy, and he'd been part of that all his life, and to this day. And the, a large majority of the people that came to this barbecue that they were putting on were from the church. And again, here I am up to these last hours. I'm getting ready to leave, and I start thinking, Man, Ernest is the only guy here that has even mentioned God. And I'm thinking, would you do this for a, a man at this late stage of his life at 90 years old? And then I thought of Nicodemus when Jesus was talking to him, said, you must be born again. And he said, I'm an old man. How can I enter a second time into my mother's womb, you know? And so, anyway, it was just things I was musing over in the morning before I went over to the house. And so then uh, I got ready and I went over to the house. And Ernest says, I want to take you to the airport. Okay. So... That's great. I'd like to spend some time with Ernest when nobody else was around. And uh, he said, let's go to lunch. So we went to lunch, and just before we got in the car to go, he said, we just don't talk about the Holy Spirit anymore. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I said, man, that's our focus. Okay, so we went to lunch, and I mean, he got Acts chapter 2 all the way through. In about an hour and a half, and there was such a flow, and he was just, yes, yes, yes. And then he would ask a question, and he'd say, yes. And uh, then we went on to the airport, and, and since then I have just prayed that we sowed the seed. This, there's power in the seed of the word of God to continue to talk to him and bring him to a place of choice and decision with you. And uh, I was, you know, of course, then I was feeling edified, fulfilled. Wow, this is great. Finally, this long trip and this conversation took place. And we just never know. First Peter chapter three at verse twenty. We have referred to this oftentimes because of its portion in baptism. Okay. So I'm going to read a portion of it. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now 
save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This, this reference, this setting is taking us back to a time when God had pronounced that he was going to pour out his wrath in the way of a flood. He was going to destroy all of mankind. And so it, was, it would become the end of an age when destruction would come, but at the same token, the hand of the Lord would save. Okay? It is a type and a shadow. It is a reference point of things that are even yet ahead. We know there is destruction coming. We know there is a catching away of the bride. A, take, a taking out. <coughs> now, a couple weeks ago when I, uh, probably a, a month now, I began to make references of God revisiting uh, and having people take a fresh look at the scripture. In other words, people who have denied the gospel as we know it, uh, especially considering Jesus' name baptism, which the Bible says is where forgiveness comes, where remission comes. Eight were saved by water, the like figure, whereunto baptism doth us also now save us. Of course, we have to marry all the scriptures together that say it is the word of uh, the name of Jesus Christ applied in the water that brings the, the blood of Christ to our life. Now, as I was repeating that several times I felt drawn to Noah and the ark and it was the consideration of the animals now the eight got on the boat he said Noah get your family get on the boat they got on the boat but at, uh, Noah was charged with getting the animals or keeping them alive on the boat but did he go out and get them anybody ever tried to lasso a calf a one month old 30 day old calf were you successful okay what about six of them? What about two giraffes? What about a lion? Really, that seems impossible, right? It is impossible. Those were not fake animals. They were real animals. But, and I hadn't, I wasn't familiar with the scripture, but then I went looking and found it. Genesis 6 and 20. Of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind. 
of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee. Now, you've heard me make the reference. We've lived under the go ye command. Go, go, witness, testify. All these things are right. All the, they are true. But we can't come under any greater burden than what the Word of God gives to us that somehow the end time harvest will not come unless we go out and get them. Let me read another setting of Scripture. Luke chapter 5, at verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a draught. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. That's kind of like saying, I know what I'm doing. He could have said, I am fully trained in this. I went to Fisherman's College. My dad was a fisherman. My granddad was a fisherman. We've been fishing all of our lives. He could have said that. That was kind of like saying that. Master, we toiled all night long. We know what we're doing. That's the human element. That's, that's humanity saying, I got it. I got it. We'll, we'll do it. We will do it. Oh, go ahead. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. They came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink, both of them. And watch what happens. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. Now, watch this. Jesus isn't having this little deal with Simon Peter to talk about fish. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, 
which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. He was giving Peter this little exercise. He knew Peter had been fishing all night long. He knew their efforts were in vain. But he said, now, when I tell you to do something, and where I tell you to do it, at the time I tell you to do it, and you follow my leading, and they had this, it shamed Peter. Henceforth thou shalt catch men. Showing, showing us two dynamics. You can do this on your own. You can do this your way. You can, you can do this. You can do it like a business. You can do business concepts. You can do all the human things that your smarts think they can achieve. But there's a better way. Follow my leading, and when I tell you to do, when I tell you to go, when I tell you to say, there will be a harvest. Now, bring those two things together. I truly believe we are moving towards and into a time when there will be an ingathering, not so much a go-getting, an ingathering, a harvest, rather than a go-getting. All right? The comparative is not sitting and waiting. The comparative is being actively listening, watching, fulfilling our roles independently and collectively, and knowing when and when not to. Now, that's following the leading of the Holy Ghost. My Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay, you want me to continue? I'm going to read some scriptures to you. I'm not going to read them all. We don't have the time. Deuteronomy 4 and 35. Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. Verse 39, know therefore this day and consider in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. This child that is born 
shall be called the mighty God and the everlasting Father. Isaiah 44 and 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. This is the prophet Isaiah. This isn't the man Christ Jesus. Okay. And who, as I, shall call and shall declare it and set in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee that from that time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Isaiah 45 and 5. I am the Lord. There is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. There is none else. You get the idea? It's kind of like a parent talking to their child. Did you clean your room? Hey, I'm talking to you. Did you clean your room? Go clean your room. It's like over and over and over. And, listen, there is none beside me. No God, no Savior, there's nothing, there's nobody. I'm the first, I'm the last. I'm the author, I'm the finisher. There is nobody else. Now, I'm going to skip past a couple of them, like Zechariah 12 and 10 says, they're going to look upon me whom they have pierced. But I do want to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Angel of God is talking to Mary. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Wait a minute. I thought, the, I thought God was the Father. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee, that would be a baby, shall be called the Son of God. I know that everybody in the room here knows that what I'm pushing up against is an issue that developed many years ago in the, in the uh, Council of Nicaea. There was the Nicaean Creed that came forth. There was a guy by the name of Tertullian that uh, coined a term, Trinitatis Unitas, the Holy Trinity, the Trinity. Co-equal, 
coexisting, co-eternal. Already, the scripture confronts all of that. But here's what I want you to know. Not just a refusing, but a the embracing or the embracing of a triune Godhead and the doctrine of a Trinity keeps people baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost titles rather than fulfilling the commission of baptizing in Jesus' name. Because they're convinced we've got to give it. Acknowledgement to three. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. This is why they struggle so deeply. When you, when you present the idea that, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was the commission. That was the command of the Lord Jesus. Absolutely. And we can go in Scripture and find where they fulfilled the commission. But this is where, this is the seat of the trouble. Of maintaining an idea that was passed down through the Catholic Church for many years. And on to others. Of a, of a Trinity concept. Three. They actually use the terms persons. Co-equal, co-eternal, co-existing. Everybody equal. You heard me tell how I went to a, a jail service one time and a guy prayed three times. Prayed to the Father, prayed to the Son, prayed to the Holy Ghost. That was my last visit with that group. Okay. Now, I'm not making light of it. Because I can see this is the seat of the problem. If, if, if baptism in Jesus' name is truly what brings to me forgiveness of sin, according to the word, then whatever it is that would try to unseat that or keep people from yielding and answering and responding, It's this. And from the very beginning of time, he's been trying to tell over and over and over again. The Jews, every day and every night, quote and recite the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And the problem that the Jews have with Christianity is multiplicity of gods. They say there's one, there's only one. If you say there's two, we're done talking. If you say there's three, we're done talking. If you're going to give credence to multiple deities, you're no different than the rest of the nations that we've been dealing with all of our existence. All of them. Now, oh, let's read 2 Corinthians 5 just because we love to read it. 
Verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, the Spirit, but by me, the man Christ Jesus, the mediator between man and God. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Now, somewhere in the Old Testament it said, No man hath seen God at any time. Hebrews, look up Hebrews, would you? Hebrews 1. I should have put it in here. I don't remember the last time I taught on the one. That tells me it's been too long. And even as our children were growing up, you know, you assume that they're kind of catching and hearing and getting. And then you ask. Now, I haven't asked, but I'll let you ask yours. <laughs> Hebrews 1. At sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath God P-O-D, that abstract spirit in this guy, hath spoke Go ahead. hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds keep going who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Uh, he is the express image of the person of God. Mm -hmm. This is why he would say, how many of you uh, having a son and he asks for a, a fish? You got a kid that asks you for a fish. <laughs> but hey. How many times in Scripture did he say, how many of you having a child, a son? What was he trying to do? How much more your heavenly father, he would say. He was the express image of the person of God. He's trying to be the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ upon earth, revealing God to man. He's not abstract. He's not empty. He's not old. He's not nothing sitting on a throne. He has personage. And he tries to teach us of him by saying, look at you. You're a father. You're this. You're that. And then makes a comparison. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more is your heavenly father? God revealing himself through the express image of the man Christ Jesus. 
the thing, the holy thing, which was born of Mary, was to be called the Son of God. God didn't look across over onto the throne and say, hey boy, we got a problem down below. Man has corrupted himself. We got to do something because nobody else can. Son, you're going to have to go. Pack up your bags. You're going to have to go to the cross. I'm, you know, I'm I'm the big guy. I got to stay up here. If you think that's belittling, trying to shape the Lord Jesus Christ into the diversity of beings and then try to give credence to a creed because of one reference in the scripture okay I feel a little sarcasm coming on and I don't like to be sarcastic. Philip's talking to him and he says, uh, you know, when you see me, you've seen the Father. How long have I been with you? Thou hast not known me, Philip. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou, show us the Father? Can you see the picture? Can you get, do you have a graphic? Do you have an image of a guy who's raised his hand at the back of the class? Can you show us the father? (laughs) And so Jesus, let's see, how shall I answer this question? Philip, how long have I been with you? And he goes down this, and he's trying to be very gentle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He just gets that. (laughs) Okay, Philip. Believe us. Thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Now, Exodus chapter 3, at verse 13. Burning bush. God's going to speak to Moses out of the burning bush. He wants to send him to the people to deliver them. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Capital letters. Does that mean he was like yelling? 
I am that. No, probably not. In, only in text. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the people, children of Israel, I am has sent thee. You got that? Repeat it after me. I am has sent me unto you. Okay, John chapter 8. If you haven't heard anything else tonight, I want you to hear this. Chapter 8, verse 19. Then said they unto him, Where's your father? Jesus answered, You neither know me, nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. No man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Wow, that's heavy. Whither I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, you cannot come. And he said unto them, You are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, That you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not. That I am he. You shall die. In your sins. Now hang on a minute. You got a paper Bible there. You're not going to see it in the computerized version so much. In verse 24. Is there any words in italics that you know were inserted by the transcribers. So therefore, it's not in the original text. What word is that? He. So let's go back and read it again without the inserted word. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am. You shall die in your sins. Now let's talk about the importance of the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ to the place that we willingly submit ourselves to the waters of baptism that will wash away my sin. He's saying, if you don't know who I am, you won't go down you won't take on my name and you won't have forgiveness of sin. You will die in your sins. This isn't a, a, a choice. This isn't multiple choice. Well, how, what would you like? How would you like to be baptized today? Or how would you? We'll do it any way you want to do. There's churches that are doing this today. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. We'll, 
We'll baptize you any way you want to be baptized. I'm telling you, it is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ that is the key to all of this. It's the revelation of the mighty God, Spirit, in that indwelling thing, the Son, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself. He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He has given to us the word of reconciliation. Not the word itself. It's the He gave us words to speak, to draw people by His Spirit unto Him. He gave us words, the living word, the rhema that He puts into our spirit to testify, to communicate with somebody that will initiate, that will plant seed, that the Spirit will draw. And people will be reconciled unto God. This is who we are as believers. These are the activities that we should be involved in. These are the activities that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ should be involved in. And most of it would never take place in a church service. Never mind a church building. Take a fresh look at that. First John chapter 2, verse 21. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Now, this, this is what I've heard through the years. Oh, you oneness people, you deny the Father. You guys are Jesus only. No, no, no. We're Jesus everything. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're Jesus everything. But we have an understanding when we call on that name. And let me show you what the understanding is right here. Verse 23. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. He that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Underline that in your Bible. He that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. It's because when we acknowledge the Son, we're not acknowledging the thing, the holy thing born unto Mary, but, but the Son of God as the vessel of God that housed the Spirit of God, just like we are to become sons of God. My voice is coming back. Sorry. Deuteronomy 6. I don't have to quote it. You already know it. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. 
but what you should know is what it means to a Jew. The Shema is the centerpiece of the daily morning, evening prayer services and is considered by some the most essential prayer in all of Judaism. I'm not going to read everything else I have after that. That sums it up. You get the picture. Recite it. Teach it to your children. Write it on your doorpost. Put it on your hat. Frontless between the eyes. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one. So, they could, they could require, recite it in their sleep. So, day of Pentecost, Holy Ghost is outpoured. People begin to speak with other tongues. It's Passover. There's Jews from all over the known world at that time. 17 different nations, tongues, nations. They hear them speak with tongues. They come, they ask what's going on, and Peter stands up in the midst of the 11, and he begins to preach to them. They're not drunk as you're supposing. It's the third hour of the day. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith God. Hallelujah. And he begins to bring them in history. Up to a point of now. And in, in verse 36, he says, therefore, everything I said, therefore, let all the house of Israel, who's that? The Jews. All the house of Israel know assuredly that God, Jehovah, Yahweh, that spirit that you have worshipped, and actually the Jews, they don't even pronounce the name of God. It's Y-H-V-H. Somebody else stuffed vowels in the middle of the consonant so they could say something. Y-H-V-H. God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified both. Lord, 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 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Ding, 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 ding. Bells go off in their head. Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this. You getting the paper? They came under conviction. And said, men and brethren, what shall we do? This is the gospel truth. This is the truth of the gospel. When Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the promises unto you, to your children. They knew who he was. They were added unto them, what, how many? 3,000? In that particular setting? And then later on, another 5,000 people added unto them. 
So when the Bible says they continued daily in the apostles' doctrine, in other words, the, the apostles' teaching, what were they continuing in? Everything we just read. The diversions came later. There shall be heresies among you. There were those that would come and pervert the gospel, taint it. There were those that would come and draw men into themselves. A lot of confusion. This is why it is important for us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we're doing. And this is the importance of it. We need to be midwives. As God, as God draws souls unto him, and they come inquiring and questioning for whatever purpose or reason, we have got to be able to midwife them, bring them to full term and to full birth in the word of God. It's not hard. You can have these notes if you want them. I don't know if they work for you the way they work for me. The Lord wants to use every one of us that way. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all, through all. And because it's been written to the book of in Ephesians, he's writing to the church at Ephesus who were baptized and received the gift of the Holy Ghost and in you all. Because people take that out of Scripture and say, look, we all have it. No, 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 no. You need to rightly divide. That was a letter wrote to the church at Ephesus. Amen. There is such a spirit of revelation that's here tonight. I'm thankful for it. This is not being live streamed, but it is being audio recorded, and it will be on our podcast. And I am encouraging you to listen to it again as soon as you get to digest this first course. Listen to it again. I think you can handle one more just quickly. I heard it put this way, and, and when Bishop again referenced one scripture, a, do, a whole doctrine or a whole creed being written on one scripture, it reminded me of this when, when we talked about baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. That's one scripture. But I heard, I heard, uh, I heard it put this way, no one verse can stand on its own. Not one of them. Not even Deuteronomy 6.4. But the Bible verifies itself. The Word of God. What I, what I liken that to and what I heard it is it's, it's keys that unlock truth. And every verse has a key that unlocks the understanding that's in that verse. And every verse is a part of the key that unlocks the understanding to other scripture. 
There is not one particular verse. You, we can't just go out here and say, well, John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, now we're all saved, amen. Because that's a verse. We can't do that with any verse. <laughs> I, I almost, uh, the Lord was, was taking me to 1 Timothy chapter 2 earlier, and um, I <laughs> it's kind of funny just to tell on myself for a minute. I almost got a little bit of attitude about to the Lord because I thought he was going to make me talk about something else that I didn't want to talk about. <laughs> That's in 1 Timothy chapter 2. But, I, but when, when Bishop referenced this verse, and then he read in Isaiah, where I'll, I'll just let show it to you again really quickly, uh, the Lord said, That's why you saw that. So 1 Timothy, Brother Leland, Leland uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. And I'm just, I'm telling you, this, this is why you, you have to have, I'll say why you have to have the Holy Ghost. Because just, I mean, an hour, hour and a half ago, I was sitting here reading that verse. And again, the thought popped in my mind. Hang on, I see two. I see God and I see one man. One God and one man. Where is the understanding? Where is the key that unlocks that verse? Where is, I know I, you know, I'm not sitting here trying to question my whole faith and belief in the last, you know, 36 years. No, I'm just saying, I, Lord, I know that's not, what I get out of that verse, there's one God and one man, I see two. What I get out of that one verse is not the correct understanding. I know there's got to be more to it than that. One God and one mediator between men, between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer. Okay, I see two. The Lord and his Redeemer. One God and one mediator, I see two. The Lord and his Redeemer, I see two. But what did this two say? Again, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first. Not we are. He was and he is. They are. The two, which is really not two if it's going to say I am. I am the first. I am the last. And beside me, there is no God. Do you see that? The two. The one God the one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He said it in the other verse, I'm not of this world. I'm not a man like you are a man. I'm not a human the way that you are a human. I'm between God and you. What I am, who I am, what I do, why I was created the way that I was created, to do what I do is not like you. So again, and this, 
I'm, ju- I'm just wanting, wanting us to hear this, and I'm trying to be honest and transparent with you, because we live in a society that pushes a misunderstanding of who God is. We, if you try to live in a Christian society, you will see this, hear this, and, and, and deal with this on a regular, ongoing basis. If you turn on the message on Christian radio, you will have to deal with this at some point. If you witness to your neighbor, you will have to deal with this at some point. If you read the Bible, you will have to deal with this. If you get, like I did, to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and you see something that looks like more than one, it's, it, we got to get this understanding, and it's a revelation. It's revelation and understanding. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that's here tonight. I thank you for the truth of your word. I'm thankful, God, that I get to be the recipient of revelation. I'm thankful, Lord, that you would speak your truth to me. God, it's not because I'm a special individual, but it's because you have chosen me. You've chosen each one of us here, God, to know. And your desire, as it's been said here tonight, Lord, is to share this truth. God, that all would come to a knowledge and an understanding of who you are. Jesus, of what you've done for us. The way that you have made for us to have eternal life and eternal fellowship with you. I'm thankful for it tonight, Jesus. You are God alone, and beside you there is none other. There is not one like you. There is no one on earth. There is none in heaven. There is none under the earth, God, like you. You are the one true king. You reign on high above all the earth. I'm thankful, Jesus. I'm thankful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just talk to the Lord for just a moment here. Let the Lord get this into your spirit. Receive it. Lord, I receive it tonight. God, I couldn't even go out and recite all that was said here tonight from memory. But I'm praying, Lord, that you put it into my spirit. I'm praying that you impart this revelation, God, and let it be that which I build upon. Let it be that which my relationship with you is based upon. God, as we've heard tonight, we have to know you. We have to acknowledge you. Jesus, we have to acknowledge you. Without you, Lord, we are lost. Without you, we are lost, God. We could do nothing Without you, without your grace, without your revelation, Jesus, without your saving grace, I'm thankful for it tonight. I'm thankful for it tonight. Thank you for the work that you did on Calvary. Thank you for dying to take away my sin and the sin of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you robed yourself in flesh. Lord, you came to this earth as the only begotten Son, and I'm thankful for it. Thank you for the life that you lived as the example. Thank you for the death that you died, God, to save and to redeem your people. I'm thankful for it, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 
thank you for the privilege, God, to walk in a relationship with you, knowing who you are, to be able to rightly divide the word and know who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray continue to impart this word to us. Lord, let this be the start of a revelation. Let this be the continuance of a revelation, Jesus. Every day that I live, Lord, I want it to be as a relationship with you, an opportunity to know you more, to spend more time with you, to hear your word, to know you. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. SoundCloud, iTunes. That's where you can get this recording tonight. I'm encouraging you. I already said it once, but after you've digested this first course, go back and listen to it again. Share it with others. It's a tool. Amen? You're just